It's beginning to sound a lot like podcast everywhere you turn. Just take this advice from me and my guest, Janet Varney. You won't want to miss this epic show. All right, that's enough of that. Guys, welcome to the newest episode of Friend or Foe. Once again, just so you know, I threw episode numbers right out the window. It's all about the guest, and this guest on this episode is truly amazing. I have the fantastic Janet Varney, whom I'm sure you know from You're the Worst on FX, or Stand Against Evil on IFC, or as the le- the actual voice of Korra on The Legend of Korra. She also makes uh, numerous, numerous appearances on um, Spontaneous Nation with Paul F. Tompkins, which is an amazing show. Check it out if you haven't already. And she is one of the co-producers of SF Sketchfest, which is coming up next month, uh, January, in San Francisco, thus the SF. Guys, Janet Varney is amazing. I... I don't want to go on too long here because uh, I have gotten many angry emails. Uh, not not so many, but but uh, <laughs> a number of people saying that I go on way too long in these intros and people stop listening. So I'm going to get right to it. I do want to plug the Patreon, which is at patreon.com slash friend or foe. Of course, that's F-A-U-X. And guys, we're now on Spotify, which is very exciting. I talk about it a little bit later in the show. Um, So definitely check us out there, and we're across all the podcast places, Apple Podcasts, Stitcher, Spreaker, Google Play, um, and now across all Amazon Echo devices. Guys, welcome to our Christmas episode, or as close to it as I'm going to get, before I take a little break. Gonna do a little candy caning, a little eggnogging, you know, uh, chilling on the couch in my PJs, uh, catching up on Runaways and Walking Dead. So, uh, guys... Let's do this. Without further ado, here's another episode, our Christmas episode, ho, 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 with my very special guest, Janet Varney. This is the Jabberjaw Podcast Network. Okay. Whatever magic just happened. Okay, great. Sounds perfect. Good. Right, See, to... he's the master. He knows. This is what I'm talking about. He's he a wizard. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> wow. Holy crap. Janet Varney is in the studio with me right now. Thank you so much for joining me. Welcome to Friend or Foe. Oh my gosh. My pleasure. Thanks for having me, Devlin. And I, I'm, uh, I got to pat myself on the back a little bit because this is totally unbelievably random that you happen to be here because I shamelessly tweeted you. Oh, and you yeah. actually yeah, yeah, responded. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, why not? Especially when I found, I mean, now, now that I know where you record, I might be here every day. It's incredibly oh, yeah. convenient to where I am. So. Oh, indeed. Yeah. Well, come on out anytime. Okay, great. Uh, Cody will Cody will set you up. I'll just put um, bring you a nice a cold dog beverage. bed under the table. I'm not saying oh, I need sure. to participate every time, but I could just. What kind of know. dog do you have? Uh, I have two dogs. Cool. Uh, one of them is a mutt. He seems to have like some chow and some husky. Awesome. Um, and then the other one is a is a. They're both rescues, which I feel like is such a cliche. I don't know. How, it's who, not at all. Who, but doesn't everyone? But really, no, in no. LA, don't you think ninety nine? I know how cheesy it is. Have, who rescued you? But seriously, you have to. Oh, well, <laughs> I'm not even going that route. <laughs> I'm not even going. You know what? No, I am. 
They were rescued. They were rescued. They're alive because of me. That's they right. They didn't rescue me from anything. They're difficult. They're no. Those uh, jerks. Yeah. But uh, but the but yeah. Then I have a husky who's uh, who who have had a little bit less time. I think I've had her for four years, something like that. Ah. Uh-huh. And then the other cool. one I've had forever since he was like one. So. That's awesome. Yeah. I have a Norfolk Terrier. Okay. Um, what does a Norfolk Terrier look like? Um, I'll show you. How later. many different kinds of terriers are there? A, a billion. Yeah, right. There's endless amounts of dogs. Do you and think I could just slip in like, oh, she has a Varney Terrier? Like, could we just start saying, absolutely. Like, oh, Devlin no Terrier? Doubt you now, could. first of all, Devlin Terrier <laughs> sounds for sure real, doesn't it? Like, oh, the Scottish Terrier, the Devlin it Terrier. Does. The, it definitely yeah. does, yeah. Yeah. Uh, her name is Maggie May. She's Great. incredibly neurotic. How but, big is it uh, as Devlin sweet. Terrier? She's, she's like, she's medium. She's medium yeah. size. Yeah, okay. Yeah, um, she fits into very small spaces uh-huh. most of the time, um, especially when she be she wants to be very close to me, which is pretty much all the time. She Cute. she like hides under the computer desk. And okay, things of that. I know nature. you said you're gonna show me later, but oh, you want you want to see right now? Well, <laughs> you could just describe it. Just give me some. Um, just give me some basic. She looks long or like uh, she looks like walking fried chicken. Essentially, that's <laughs> okay. that's that's pretty oh, much the description. Norfolk Terrier. <laughs> exactly. Sure, fried so chicken. Now you have a visual. Sure, sure. Yeah. Okay. Um, she's actually, very is, sweet. Actually, we, that's when you say that, it does remind me of like that makes me think of like a uh, 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 what's what what's the kind that I that yaps a lot? A sp- cocker spaniel. A cocker spaniel. When you say yeah. fried chicken, that does kind of <laughs> sound like because they have that like crinkly right. brown fur that now I'm thinking about it feels like shiny, greasy fried chicken. Long hair, short and, hair. And uh, well, currently is long hair. She needs no, okay, no, straight. No. Um, I'm she sorry. needs. She, she needs a trim in the worst way. She's also blind in one eye, Aww. so her favorite thing is, of course, to chase the ball. And um, uh, we we have to be careful in what areas that we do it because she can't. She yeah. can't really hardly see it. So, yeah. <laughs> she's, um, but yeah, I, she's she's totally my terrible. my older dog is 14 and he's shows zero signs of aging except for just a couple of small things. But lately, it's starting to become clear that perhaps he's losing his ear, hearing in one ear. Mm. So there's a similar thing that happens where, like, if if he hears a noise, he always assumes it's coming from one direction, which is why we're like, oh, does he maybe doesn't can't hear from this side? Because if I make a noise on this side, he his head quickly turns to yeah. the other direction. You're like, oh no, <laughs> poor little guy. Yeah, <laughs> so sweet though. Very sweet. Yeah, uh, Maggie was uh, was rescued from. Um, uh, she was a breeder dog. She she went through a. A ton of hell before we. So found she her. was so like a a, show, a showgirl. Yeah, she was like a, pa- a pageant. <laughs> she knows. Girl. Yeah. She's very aware. Oh, yeah, Maggie. that she's beautiful. Yeah. Uh-huh. Oh, oh, Maggie. Which is why we keep her hair long so mm-hmm. that she doesn't see it as well. Because uh-huh. again, she's blind in, in one eye. So yeah. Um, no mirrors for her. Good. Uh, good. Janet, you. Devlin. I I I mean, this is so incredible. Seriously, it is. I I listen to you uh, on Spontaneous Nation uh, on a regular basis. Actually, uh, I had I had a super awesome. You, you ever have those? Do you do you ride Uber? Do you take Uber? Uh, I I mean, I not often here. I'm usually like, but or like I do. But I guess I have a Lyft account. Is what I have. <laughs> okay. Uber. But I mean, if we're talking about this, is the question: Is your story about Uber the company, or is it just about a ride share service? In which case, like a ride service. In which case, actually, yes. it's about my driver. Um, I just had a super cool ride on the way here. Mm-hmm. Talked to a dude who's uh, who's uh, part of the Moth. Oh um, yeah. So he was telling me all about uh, his adventures, and um, uh, we were talking about 
uh, Paul F. Tompkins. Uh-huh, yeah. Uh, you know, PFT. Any opportunity. I mean, he's just the coolest. He's and very, very so cool. he was, uh, my driver was talking about like how he very lightly stalked Paul, you know, saw him at a Trader lightly Joe's and stalked. really, really wanted to talk to him. And yeah. I've been in those situations, you know, where, where it's like. He's so recognizable so, too. He, absolutely. Yeah. Um, and he's a fellow improver, you know, and all that kind of thing. Yeah. So, um, and, uh, uh, Paul saw him and recognized hey! him from doing the moth at nice! another at another show. And yeah. So um, yeah. PFT so he didn't. Is the so coolest. that's yeah. Because then it's so quickly is is no longer a light stalking if somebody else <laughs> then recognizes. As soon you. as the celebrity recognizes yeah. you, yeah. Have you so ever... that's what you should do is just uh, stalk someone long enough that they become familiar. Exactly. Familiar with you, Until and they'll be, be like, "Hey, I always see you." And they'll a be like, stranger is a friend complete. you haven't met yet. Yeah, that's yeah. right. Exactly. That's right. Way to make that the the, <laughs> the most sweet term into well, something super. You know, yeah. Uh, I mean, essentially, that's what I did to you. A little, a little light stalking on mm-hmm. on Twitter, you know. And here you are. I mean, obviously, it worked. Yeah, totally. So, thank you so much. My pleasure. Um, we got to get into all the amazing things that you did. That you do. Um, you're on. You're the worst. Yes. You play Becca. I do. One of my what favorite characters on television person. right now. Oh, yeah. good. She's delightfully despicable. It's really She's wonderful. So awful. Yeah. Um, I I just uh, and you you have your your gay husband now, which is uh, just That's just right. fantastic. GBF, yeah, <laughs> yeah. Um, it's yeah. Just his really name's wonderful. Ryder in real life, and he's wonderful. He's actually friends with I think I mean this is not obviously he is a working actor who does tons of stuff, but um, but he also happens to be uh, Aya's one of Aya's really good friends, and mm-hmm. so uh, it's always fun when you know somebody comes in and they already have a relationship to someone. So it just that he just fit right in so quickly to that cast, and uh, and he's great. That's so awesome. much making out. I had like. Uh, <laughs> I mean, it was, it's a, it's weird when you are chafed from making out with someone who is gay and not interested in you. And yeah. I think I like texted him and said, you know, I'm, I'm a flame. Like I'm, I have a, <laughs> I have a flaming face it's, right it's now. It's rubbing off right now. Yeah. This is, this is really it's getting all, to be a problem. It's all the after effects and, and unfortunately not as much of the pleasure while it's happening as if you're just making out afresh with someone that you were super I would into. imagine. Yeah. Um, uh, well, that <laughs> you already answered one of my questions is like, have you ever had like, like one of those super really awkward moments uh, on set with with the co-star? Yeah, I mean, I think that. Uh, well, I wish I could say that that was awkward. Unfortunately, it came very easily to both of us. <laughs> we were both like, oh, that was. I guess we have no shame. Um, I mean, listen, I, I I'm not going to say anything particularly new. I don't think anybody feels like anything involving romantic like. I mean, kissing is one thing, but like, you know, if you're actually in a bed, once you're in a bed with someone, even if it's not sexual, there is, I think, still for me after all these years, a moment of, this is so surreal. Like it just takes it, right. it takes the the world of TV acting or film acting to a new level when you're like, well, anyway, I'm in bed with you <laughs> on a work day. Here we go. Do, do, do. Hello, 15 people in the room with us. <laughs> it's weird. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I've had, I've had some pretty strange experiences Have on you? set in that capacity. I uh, I played a trans woman in a short film called Johnny Be Gone and there was lots of uh, intimate moments yeah. uh, with my with my co-star and um yeah, it it got it got a little it got a little weird. You have to trust someone yeah. so so much yeah, yeah, to absolutely. to be in those scenes. Absolutely. Yeah. Um you also play the voice of Cora. Yeah. 
Legend of Korra. Lucky me. Tell me all yeah. about that. Like, it's the best. I mean, uh, that you know, it's just an amazing show to have been a part of, and um, it's still so fun to go out and do comic cons and meet the fans and talk about the show. And you know, I have a relationship with Dark Horse Comics, who put out the like sort of comic books now so I still get to go do stuff with them uh, associated with the with the show and the, the artwork and the storytelling and uh I mean it's just a tremendous privilege it's just such a great show and yeah I mean I've it was I don't I still kind of can't believe that that happened you've done a lot of other voices before though I how how did you first get involved with doing voiceovers well Devlin I gotta tell you I hadn't really done many voices um before Cora that was really one of my first Your it was first certainly foray. the biggest job I ever got and it was definitely and the, and the sort of longest spanning in terms of like you know versus doing commercials or doing like little bits on other tv shows but even that um I hadn't done that much of so uh yeah it was it was I was very scared I mean I really was like um it, I, I was so worried that it was somehow going to be more different than I, I was prepared for in terms of like, oh, you're just in a booth. And I mean, I, I, like I said, I've done I had done some stuff, but there was just so much to the storytelling in Cora that I was very glad to um, to find that it was not uh, that hard at all to act like you're I mean making sound effects like you're running and falling when you're not doing that is hard for sure but the kind of emotional side of it was really easy to access even though I was you know in a booth with other actors like just staring ahead at a script right. rather than being on stage or on camera you know that's really fantastic I'm, I've always been intrigued with voiceover acting I've, I've I've done it a little bit here and there um but not not at all on a large scale. It's just, I mean, anything that you can do in your pajamas sure. is is really fantastic. And be things and creatures and people and objects and all that kind of stuff that you wouldn't get a chance to do, you know, in this corporeal body. Indeed. Yeah. I I love that you say that on your on your podcast, the JV uh, podcast. Um, you have such amazing, surreal, like existential joyous uh conversations with people thank you I, I love your show so much because it's such a it's such audio warmth you know um mm, that's so nice to hear and especially when you have people like that i'm not necessarily familiar with uh it's it's always very uh, you're entirely engaging, and all the people that you have on are also so. And, oh, jeez. Thanks, um, Evelyn. <laughs> um, I mean, seriously, it's it's a really fun show. How long have you been doing uh, I've been doing it for uh, five, six-plus years, I guess. I've 270-ish episodes, and I haven't taken that many breaks, so... Um, whatever that math is, but it, it has been, I think since I started doing it, not since I started releasing the episodes, cause I started recording them, gosh, maybe almost a year before I actually started releasing them. I, that doesn't seem wow. right, but it is, I think maybe true. Um, or, or at least six months, but I think it was longer than that. I, I don't know because I, I just, I think I was 
just taking opportunities as quickly as I could to get people on the podcast and recording them. And But I did, I really had had like, I think I had at least eight recorded before I even started because I was still figuring out the logo and all that kind of stuff. And what ha- sure. tends to happen with me, as happens to many other people in the world, uh, whether they're in this business or not, is that you start something and then something else comes that you have to do. And so then it's like six months later, oh, oh yeah. yeah, what about this project I was Cut working to- on? Yeah. There is so, so much that goes into making a podcast. There's just so much involved. Um, I <laughs> There was a previous iteration of the show. I'm never quite sure exactly how to explain it because it's super weird. But um, I co-hosted another show, um, which was on, which was part of a, a podcast network. Yeah. So um, that also shot like, just down the street. With that studio, they took care of everything. Uh-huh. Like they got it out to all of the podcast platforms and did the social media and, you know, did all of the. Mm-hmm. That pro- the all little, the production. Yes. Post production. That was so nice. Yeah. <laughs> and then I started doing this show and I was like, oh, holy crap. I've got to get it on iTunes. Yeah. And I've got to. You I know, have not done that. 15 and I, times a day. Yeah. I'm. <laughs> very very glad that I yeah, that I don't have to do that stuff because agreed I mean it's a lot to do just the podcast part of it and you know book your guests and you know all that kind of stuff and and so the the post business I think would be more the more maybe more than I could take on not to discourage you I'm very glad you're doing it but but I can relate I can definitely relate oh yeah yeah I'm I'm sure Nerdist helps you out Oh yeah, for sure. Quite I mean, yeah. If there's they they <laughs> no doubt they make sure they everything goes where it's supposed to go. Hundred percent. Do you think Hardwick has robots? I've been Do trying to figure robots? this out. Like just robots that he can mind. Yeah, control like and Superman. Have him go do that, stuff? that that uh, that uh, you know, like Superman has a bunch of uh, Superman robots that guard the Fortress of Solitude uh-huh. and run around for him. <laughs> yeah, because he does so freaking much. Yeah. Well, I lived with him for six years. We were together for seven years. So um, I I know how hard he works. I've seen his physical. Uh, exertion of actually being the person who's doing all the stuff. So uh, there were times when I wished that he had robots. I think he has a lot, <laughs> lot more help now, for sure. But even just seeing his work ethic close up, I know, you know, he just has that. He just has that drive. He just can't, you know. Not I don't want to say he can't stop working. He absolutely can, but he doesn't want. I mean, you know, he just wants. He 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 has that drive for all of that. It doesn't feel. Um, sometimes when I commit to stuff, I feel like, you know, oh God, I liked the idea of this, but it's going to be a lot of work or whatever. I just don't feel like that his brain doesn't necessarily work the same way. I think he's just was like, yeah, this is part of like, how lucky am I that I, and he also had, you know, he had a career very early and then he sort of didn't for a while, not in the way that he does now. And, and so, um, He also, I mean, I think he's been very vocal about this, but he felt like he wasted a lot of time. And so I think when he figured out what it was that he really wanted to do um, and kind of his brand, so to speak, he just really, really dove into it because he didn't want to waste any more time. Right. Mm. Now, there I've psychoanalyzed my my You psych 101, Hardwick. I propel myself to... To be of that mind, yeah. you know, because so so much of the time, especially just the work for this podcast sometimes sure. has me pulling my hair out and I'm like, oh, I got to cut out another 15 minutes of me, you know, maniacally laughing. Uh-huh. Um, and <laughs> leave you, it in. Leave you, in that. Do you find yourself minutes. doing all those those little thing like that? Oh, yeah. That? 
<laughs> yeah, I mean, I don't, I, when I first started, I, I was so much pickier about what I was saying and, you know, awkward pauses and feeling like I repeated myself or, but there was something that came from, I mean, honestly, not unlike improv or anything else that you sort of second guess a lot when it's new. And then I guess if you take it easy enough on yourself after a while, you just go, but you know, and then some people aren't like that. Like Dana Gould has, has had a podcast forever and it's his just, he just, it's different for him. And he, his relationship to it is different and he wants to edit it. And, you know, he's very careful about, you know, the way he structures it and the way he sort of divides up the, the pieces of the conversation and whatnot. And, um, and I really admire that. Uh, I think kind of what we're talking about, it's like, know your limits and sort of know what you're going to do and do well, uh, versus when you're going to be overextended. And so somewhere along the line, I think I was just like, well, look, if I'm going to put this out every week, I have to stop, you know, treating everything with kid gloves and I have to stop uh, being anxious about all the qualities about my voice that make me crazy or whatever that is like it's like it's yeah. it, we're, we did it already it's baked yeah. into the it's recipe done. it's yeah. it's in there yeah 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 just you just got to let it flow sometimes yeah <laughs> my my partner tells me all the time that she's like it wasn't nearly as bad as you thought. Like it's it's totally okay. Yeah. Like, this is the best one you've done, and yeah. I'm like, oh god, this don't is don't tell off. me that oh, right now. No, it's just oh yeah. Should have added that out, and oh, I'm so breathy here, and breathy. oh my god. <laughs> uh, yeah. Um, oh, uh. Yeah. I I think well, and then also like if you get to a point where you just kind of stop listening to them, like I don't. I never even listened unless there's a re you know unless there's a I know that there was a problem or there was something really specific that I said just that was you know patently wrong or whatever, but in general psh, I just shoot them off once I'm finished with them and that That's way good. I don't yeah that way I don't it's, it probably, probably relieves a lot of pressure listen, that way yeah, for sure it does uh, going back to Dana Gould who yeah. you work with on Stan Against Evil yeah. on IFC let's talk all about that I will. I will admit to you, I am so very sorry. Okay. I have not seen the show. Listen, I was gonna marathon it there. before. There's so much TV. There's so Janet. much TV. Oh, it's yeah. it just it's mind exploding how much good TV. They're out really there. yeah, it's amazing. It's amazing time in television. It really is yeah. all over the place. Yeah. I mean, just the and and every platform of every nature is coming out with their own original programming. Um, it's it's absolutely fantastic. But let's let's talk about Stand Against Evil. Sure. Um, how did you how did you get involved with the show? And uh, tell me about your character. Uh, sure, and sure. All the things. Sure. Uh, I so it's a show on IFC. Um, if you don't have IFC, I, you can just watch it on IFC.com since that is the sort of world that we're living in now. And the first season is on Hulu. Um, and I, I'm sure you can get it on iTunes. I feel like I've looked at that for my dad because he does. He's he's <laughs> yeah. actually quite tech savvy considering his generation, but he doesn't necessarily. Um, yeah, there's like uh, he doesn't have like Hulu or I mean I think he has Netflix, but sure. Uh, but anyway, uh, so I was trying to tell him where he could see it, and I think I saw that they had it on iTunes, and he was like, ah, "Yeah, but I want like a DVD box set, you know? You're my daughter. I don't want to just have it on the cloud somewhere." I was like, sure. "Yeah, there's no DVDs." Um, but uh, but uh, Dana created it. He's 
very long been um, a huge, you know, sort of monster movie fan. And he loves like, you know, 70s, 80s era horror. And um, he's actually worked with Bruce Campbell. Uh, and I think he wrote on like some iteration of a, an Evil Dead show in the past. Our show is compared to that one the most frequently, but it's it's still really different. Our show is really goofy. Um, it's it also has a lot of sentiment to it, but it, it I mean, Dana was a writer on The Simpsons for many, many years, and, right. and, and so much of that show is infused with his humor, and that's what you see on our show as well. So there's just a lot of, like, it's just, like, joke, joke, joke. It's a, it's a, he, he's, as he likes to put it, it's a comedy trapped in a horror movie, and I think that's not <laughs> what, like, something like uh, Ash vs. Evil Dead is more, like, horror with comedy right. to it. Um, ours is very comedic. Um, but it's really fun. It's just a super fun show to do. We use a lot of practical effects. So uh, we're actually getting to interact with things in the moment. We're not, you know, on a green screen with a ping pong ball or a tennis ball. And uh, and I get to do it with John C. McGinley and uh, Deborah Baker Jr., who was a UCB alum, and Nate Mooney, who's just a wonderful actor that you was on it's always sunny but he just kind of pops up everywhere you go oh that guy uh and uh and and then we have some just amazing guest stars and um and it's just really fun we shoot in Atlanta we sort of knock it out very quickly which I actually like because I think because of my improv kind of background and sure. affections it's nice to just jam through something and not belabor um stuff for for too very long um and yeah it's it's really fun dana uh guess he wrote the part for me that's awesome but most of the time when something like that happens it doesn't work out they are like no we want this other person like oh yeah you know so that the fact that all the stars aligned and and uh, you know the thing actually got onto the air and i got to be in it seems like a complete miracle have you ever done one of those projects that you were so proud of that never like made it to air or never got released? I feel like I've done so many of those. I just done so many. <laughs> Me too. <laughs> you know, like that. I remember when Burning Love got picked up. I thought oh my it was God, a Burning joke. Love. We have to talk all about <laughs> Burning Love. I, I, I just, I just got introduced to it like earlier this year. Oh, right on. And uh, my partner and I have watched. All of it, like twice through. Oh, it's, nice! It's just hilarious, and you are. I, oh boy! Well, I know I'm just fluffing you here. No, but seriously, well, I mean, I you brought are it the up, best but, part. Well, I brought it up, and I didn't bring it up in that way. But it's honestly true that when we shot the sort of like you know we just saw it like sort of a sizzle for it. Um, it it was just another thing that, uh, you know, you do so many things like that because if you're around long enough that you have the the good fortune of, you know, creating relationships with peers of yours, most of whom go on to do bigger and better things than you do. So you're lucky if you get to hold on to their coattails. But um, just having been in the community, you know, there's just so many little pieces of things here and there that you shoot. And the idea, of course, is like this will, you know, we'll be able to do more of this or what have you. And uh, I remember when we shot the sizzle for Burning Love, I was like, oh, this is so fun. This is so great. Yeah. This is never going to go anywhere. <laughs> Just not because, you know, because this and sometimes the better something is, the, the the you sort of feel like, well, that's how it works. Like the more original and funny and strange something is, the yeah. less likely it is to have any legs. So um, so when we found out that that was actually going to become anything, I was like, seriously? No. Come on. <laughs> really? Really? They get to do no. It was yeah. uh, it was shocking, and it was it was very good news. 
It's phenomenal. It's it's Ken, I, Ken Marino and Erica Oyama are just they they really knew what they were doing, and I think there's a lot of ways to do parodies like that that aren't you know as maybe as successful or they just don't click the right way. But their vision was so specific, and then the people that they got to do it, they you know it was a real combination of like their brilliance and then you know kind of letting people play to their strengths and improvise and all that kind of stuff. And I think you know they just really put something special together. It is very special. Everybody on it is absolutely great. And all of the random guest stars are just uh, like Jennifer Aniston showing up. Yeah. Uh, sorry, listener spoilers, but I, I give you too many spoilers on the show. I'm so sorry. I was just talking. Um, I actually got to do my previous show at Funny or Die, the Funny or Die offices. Mm-hmm. I spoke with Patrick Bramwell, who's currently on No Activity. And um, we kept saying, oh, no spoilers. And we kept like spoiling everything. <laughs> um, but uh, I'm really bad at that, too. Uh, yeah, if gotta, I'm enthusiastic about zipped. something, I want to talk about it now. Yeah, because we're nerds. Yeah. That's the, you know, you yeah. want to you want to just talk endlessly yes. about everything. Absolutely, it's so entertaining. Absolutely. Uh, you also worked on mutton stuff. Mutton stuff. Yeah, I love mutton stuff. Uh, I don't know if it's around anymore. I guess maybe it's I, not. I, I believe it's it's now ended. My uh, my partner actually uh, uh, helped cast it after oh, okay. after you were on the show. Yeah. She, she came on board. So um, yeah, uh, that's that was really fun. That was a bunch of you know the people that uh, some of the people that worked on the show I had known from the Henson Company, which mm-hmm. is you know obviously Jim Henson and yeah. um, his son Brian and and this extraordinary group of like very funny, hugely talented puppeteers. And so when someone said, like a friend of mine who wrote on the show said, you know, I'm on the writing on the show now. Don't be I want you to come do something on it. Don't be afraid. But it is children trained dogs and puppets. And and you sort of hear that. You go like, oh, my God, that sounds like the biggest cluster F yeah. of, you know, how am I not going to just be sitting around doing, you know, and it is it was one of the most well-executed, tightly run, but still super casual and friendly and inviting. Like, it was a super fun show, and they really had everything just buttoned up. Like, the puppets all did what they were supposed to. The I'm saying that like they're a, a species. <laughs> the puppeteers right, yeah. are amazing. All of that was, and then and then the, the trained dogs that were on that show, it's unbelievable. Buh- it's nuts, believable. right? I, I got it's to go outrageous. to set and see everything happening a oh couple my gosh, times. Did you meet Jumpy? I met, yeah, I met Jumpy. I met, I met everybody. It's I got to go back to the, how smart those dogs did, are. Did you get to go back to the uh, the dog costume shop mm-hmm. that they got? Oh my god, it's so crazy. <laughs> so great. Yeah. Oh, so fun. Yeah. Anything that you can do that ha- with the Jim Henson Company is yeah. You, you have to say yes. Yeah. Um, Absolutely. I've been trying to get Fozzie on this show because Fozzie was on At Midnight. Oh, yeah. I was like, I can get Fozzie. <laughs> haven't, I haven't been able to. I hope you get him. So, I don't know if I, I know the actor who plays Fozzie now. I don't know as many of the Muppet Muppets that are over right. with ABC and Disney that started at Henson mm-hmm. um, as I do like Henson Puppeteers. But like, there's a lot of crossover. I know Gonzo, but he lives in oh, the okay. Bay Area. Okay. Dave All right. Goals. I, I mean... I'd love to have the great Gonzo on the show. Oh, he's so great. Shout out. Yeah. <laughs> Major shout out. Okay. So now I'd like to move on to the game segment. Oh, wonderful. <laughs> Segments. I'm excited. Yeah. I'm excited. I don't you know what I'm looking on the show, at, but by I'm the way, very if you, excited. If you like. So this is a truly demented uh, <laughs> children's book nice. called Tiny Tim. Um, and I'm trying to find a great expert excerpt for That's not your fault, because that's just a weird word. Who puts a P (laughs) at the end right before the T? I'm saying, right? Yeah. Okay. Is this an old book? This this is an old book, yes. Okay. This is great. um, 
It's it's wild. If if you would please. Okay. First of all, this is great. I w- I couldn't I tell if I needed to. I see, but listen, I'm staring at a picture with a tiny old lady <laughs> who's sitting in a giant rocking chair. She's. I mean, I don't want to give you images of like Lily Tomlin because I, I feel rocking chair is a little bit smaller than that character that Lily Tomlin would do. But it's but definitely that. It's definitely that. Uh, she's wearing. I don't. Look, I listen. I'm sure that this is just a hat, but it does look like she her head is wrapped in gauze. <laughs> so it looks like she's had some sort of serious head injury. Um, so I want you to picture that. The cup and saucer, definitely too big for her. The little girl who's sitting on the footstool next to her, who's handing her a tart. Uh, you can't see her face. There's something creepy about that. Uh, and then there's a dog that is scratching itself because one assumes that it's flea-ridden. And then there's a fat cat that looks very austere. It kind of looks like Alfred Hitchcock. This 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 uh, striped orange and white cat is sitting behind the old lady on the chair, so it sort of looks <laughs> like she's crushing it to death there's a teapot and a tea cozy and then a table on the table and then there's some sunflowers that look suspiciously like they came out of van gogh and then uh and then there's this plate of tarts so that's and she has hot pink slippers on grandma has hot pink slippers so anyway i was looking at it trying to figure out if i should do like a you know like a like a like a bad british accent because i oh please wasn't sure you how do whatever british you like janet you're the professional here okay <clears throat> Grandma Gurney gives to me gooseberry tart and hot sweet tea. She sits up high on her rocking chair, but she can't touch the floor and she doesn't care. Grandma Gurney is tiny and grey. I wonder if she'll shrink away. Grandma Gurney has grown very small. One day she won't be there at all. Oh my. (laughs) How evil. Well, now I do think it's gauze. Oh, my God. Uh, that was absolutely fantastic. Listen, Thank you so much. Osteoporosis <laughs> is not a laughing it's matter. It's no joke. It is no joke. Every <sighs> every line of this book is an absolute gem. I, I, I really like what I saw. It's, <laughs> I really tried I, it's, as hard it's as seriously I could to nuts. explain I, the picture. I'm going to have to start putting pictures um, mm-hmm. of this book uh, yeah, on, the, on the Instagram because they're just seriously it's a huge priceless. Plus. Yeah. 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 Well, thank your girlfriend for me for exposing oh, me to Tiny oh, Tim. Oh, absolutely. Great. Absolutely. So next, I'd like to do a little thing called doctor's orders. Okay. So Sounds essentially. dubious. It is. Essentially, you've got a mad scientist that's offering to give you whatever addition to your body that you would like. Oh. It can be anything of your choosing. What would you choose and why? Okay, so the mad scientist is I'm 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 supplementing my existing That's body. Right. I'm not exactly. changing something I'm adding be, to. Yes, it can be a okay. physical attribute mm-hmm. or a mental attribute. You can matrix something into yourself. Mm-hmm. I, I gotta go with like self magical healing. I, I okay. really do. Wolverine I, style. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. I mean, listen, it doesn't even have to be like that it prolongs my life or they keep that I'm invincible. But just to be able to just not have back problems. <laughs> oh, no. I'll just limit it to like, oh, my neck hurts. I'm stressed out. That's where I hold my tension. To be able to just not have to. I mean, that's just a lazy person who doesn't want to like stretch. <laughs> Are you? Familiar- I'd like to live in a stretch-free world where it just happens on its own. Me too. Massage is one of my favorite things. Are you familiar with Soothe? Have you heard no. of this? No. Uh, there's an app called Soothe mm-hmm. where essentially you hire a masseuse. 
and you just pull it up like, you know, anything else. You Uber a masseuse and um, they bring the they bring the bed to your house and set it up. And it's actually pretty cheap. They're not a sponsor on the show, I would like uh-huh. to say, but I would love for them be. to be. They could be. <laughs> maybe after this episode yeah. that will happen. Oh, maybe I should do that. I'm really that's another thing is I'm bad at. I used to be so good at getting massages regularly, and now I'm like, I don't have time to take care of myself. That's so stupid. Who does? What a jerk. (laughs) Doctor's orders. I'm telling you what. uh, As Baz Luhrmann says, uh, do something every day that scares you. And the thing that scares me a lot is not being prepared, not having notes. And I'm like, you know what? Janet is a master improver. I'm not oh, I, I'm not gonna need notes with her. I'm just gonna I'm just gonna talk about whatever. And then it terrified me so much that I was like, no, I absolutely can do that. <laughs> because if I don't write down notes, I will lose my freaking <sighs> mind. I, you know, there are just those those moments where I'm clicking. Yeah, you know? yeah, yeah. Trying to get the engine running. Yeah. And it's just and it just won't start. There's I no think more that, yeah, I definitely recommend classes. I mean, I always recommend them to anybody, even if they're not necessarily planning on doing anything with improv, just because they um, they are really great about, you know, kind of speaking extemporaneously and also just sort of loosening up in your life and being more forgiving of your whatever your behavior is, uh, if you know, and helping with nervousness and stuff like that. Um, but yeah, I mean, I didn't. You know, I I was doing so much sketch and I was already like working on television and stuff when I took classes through the UCB. And um, so there 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 it's not like I guess what I'm saying is there's no right or wrong time to take classes like you can you know, you can take a class if you're a huge movie star. You can take a class if you are a college student or a high school student. You know, I don't think it matters um, in that way. It's it's just it's always going to speaking of supplementing, it's always going to supplement whatever, like wherever you are in your work and stuff. So I definitely recommend it. And the UCB, I mean, that was the school that I went to. I went to Bay Area Theater Sports when I lived in San Francisco um, a bit and then came down here. And, and it is their style of training is something that like you were saying about clicking, but like it, it sort of clicked for me, the idea of like sort of where they put their emphasis on doing scene work and stuff. It made sense to me. It was like, oh, this feels like a fit, you know, because there are different schools of thought where improv is concerned. A lot sure. of, I mean, they of all, not, it's not to say anything is so wildly different that it's like, right. whoa, you blew my mind. But certain schools of thought emphasize different elements of, you know, character versus plot versus that kind of stuff. And, and yeah, I really like, uh, I like where the UCB guys come from. What's your favorite part of the improv world? Like, like game or exercise or, or type of improv to do? Well, I don't, I mean, I think short form is very, uh, intimidating to me. That's when you really are like whose line is anyway type games. I've done stuff like that. I did it with some of the best in what I consider to be the world, which is the sort of like uh, the Ryan Styles and Greg Proops and, and you are people the best like in the that. world, Janet. Uh, Give yourself a hand. Beyond false. <laughs> beyond false. Uh, and that that's very intimidating. The sort of like just think of a quick joke, quick you know. Yeah. Um, I do love you know long long scenes. Um, and so yeah, and then but then in general, I think just um. The energy of of a group that has great chemistry to be a part of something like that is is um, it's it's it feels to me like I imagine people who love stand up and love doing stand up and just feel they must do stand up like I don't have that in me at all. So for me, that's that sort of moment is kind of what I imagine that feeling to be that sort of propels you forward because it's so, you know, exciting. I've done it. It's terrifying. I bet. 
I've uh, I, my listeners are getting very tired of the story, but the first time I ever did improv, I ended up opening for um, for Jeff Ross because he was trying out his jokes for the Justin Bieber roast. Uh huh. And um, like he, <laughs> I was so terrible, and he came up and he's like, "Let's give this guy another round of applause." He was really bad. <laughs> Great. <laughs> Good old Jeff. Yeah, I was gonna uh, say that's. Uh, I probably wouldn't put myself in front of someone like him. Yeah, I don't, yeah. I get. I oh hate no, being I had no ribbed. idea he was there. Like oh, yeah, he came yeah. out of nowhere. Gotcha. He was just in the crowd getting gotcha, ready to go. Gotcha. And I was like. Oh. Yeah, 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 yeah. I'm not a roaster. I'm no, not a roaster. No, no. Um, my uh, my games producer, Libby Ward, um, a fantastic writer. Uh, she comes up with all the this crazy is, ideas that I can't that believe I you do. have a games producer. I'm so impressed. <laughs> Me too. Wow. <laughs> um, but she uh, she mentioned that. What did she say? Her <laughs> her mom went to Rincon. Oh, she did. Yeah. Is is she is Libby from uh, Tucson? No, no. Her mom is. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. That's really cool. Mm-hmm. I wonder if her mom had my dad as a teacher. It sort of depends Ooh. on how old everybody is in right, the right. whole scheme of things. But my dad started teaching when he was like twenty. So he and he taught oh. till he was fifty. So he what really did he teach? had a lot of. He taught uh, English. Oh, okay. He taught AP English and then he taught contemporary lit, which is like. The class for kids who are flunking English. He sort of oh, like the cool. best. He taught the best, and then the need most needing of improvement. Yeah. Awesome. Yeah, he's a great teacher. He was my high school English teacher. I, I love say. those kind of teachers. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I had uh, I had a really tough time in in school. School was not my thing. Yeah. I I don't want to say that I was the class clown at all, but I definitely needed. A lot of attention. (laughs) (laughs) Was it a big public school? It was a public school. It wasn't big at all. Um, It was what I like to call way out in the country. I'm Mm -hmm. from a tiny town called Centralia, Illinois, nowhere near Chicago. Mm -hmm. Um, But, uh, yeah, I I went to grade school, like, you know, a few miles outside of town uh-huh and uh yeah it just i don't know man i i was i was all over the place all the time such uh a broadly imaginative kid and i i always wanted to be just outside exploring uh-huh. sure. trees leaves woodland creatures uh-huh. like any anything that i could uh expand my my horizons with and then i was trapped inside this this room I with all it. these people i didn't like and this desk that i was sure. always fidgeting in sure. you know oh it always drove me crazy i so, get it i get yeah. it yeah have you ever had a moment of pleasant shock in your career i, I yeah all the time all the i time. mean all the time i don't there's it's rare that i'm not surprised by something going well <laughs> <laughs> Which that makes me sound like I'm such a you know like a pessimist, but uh, you just get so used to things not going going the way you think they're going to not going or just you get used to things being disappointing. Um, and that's not to say there aren't pleasant pleasant things that happen all the time, but you know that's part of I think our challenge as human beings is the stuff that sticks with you tends to be the negative stuff, and you really have to make an effort to check in with all the positive stuff because that's you know that's a choice. It's not. It's like a choice to focus on the negative, and it doesn't feel like it is. Um, but yeah, I mean, I've had lots of lots and lots of pleasant shocks. <laughs> Certainly, getting Cora was a huge one, but undoubtedly. Um, but yeah, I, there's just like an endless series of them. I still am like so tickled when something, if I get a role or I get asked to do something instead of having to audition, anything like that. I'm always just like, <gasps> what? If there were no boundaries to you playing. Any role you wanted, 
across the spheres of time and space and pop culture? Uh-huh. What or who would you want to play? Boy, that is rough. Uh, I did grow up watching with my dad the PBS version of Sherlock Holmes mm. that was with Jeremy Brett. Mm-hmm. And so, um, and I definitely wanted to play Sherlock Holmes. Like there was no That's question awesome. that I wanted to play Sherlock Holmes. And now with the reboots with Benedict and all that kind of stuff, mm-hmm. that still feels like it would just be really, really fun. Have you been on that show? No, no. Would you no. love to be on that show? Yes, should we should we start a campaign? Heavens, yes, let's get okay. that campaign going. Right when when I release away. this episode, I'm it's it's hashtag Janet let's on Sherlock. Get out there. Let's make it happen. And get I'll fly myself to England. Uh, I mean, I really would, goodness. But um, yeah, so that that's sort of a that's the kind of the one that first springs to mind. I think. Um, I don't know why, but yeah, that was that was one that I really was like. I think it made me really love acting too, just because he was such a great actor, and um, I really love the clothes that he wore. Like oh, I yeah. just, it's it, clearly I just that had a, left a huge imprint on me because I was so little that now I feel like if I, you know, were just like a rail thin, tall British man with a large <laughs> nose. And slicked back black hair and like it You're just turning a turning me on, Janet. Nappy, honestly, yeah, yeah, natty, not nappy, a natty, <laughs> like three piece suit with wow. tails. Oh yeah, you got to have the tails. Yeah, the that, hat and that, the pipe. That that's makes... not. That's not. That's not the Sherlock Holmes that Jeremy Brett played. He played much more to what Benedict Cumberbatch is like, actually. And that's uh, for all of those reasons. I'm a fan of Doctor Who. That's, oh sure, that's my that's my jam. Yeah, sure, sure, sure. Yeah, yeah. I'm we I'm very very behind. I stopped watching um, after the like after Matt Smith's first mm. year, just kind of fell fell, fell away and, yeah. and haven't been watching. But um, it got really good and then very terrible and then very good again. And yeah, now of course there's I gotta pick there's a female up. doctor, which is that's very cool. super exciting. Yeah, I got to get back into it. Yeah, there was a point at which for some reason after that season it just started to feel i've said this before but for some reason it started to feel like i was at universal studios on miss on doctor who the ride like the music what? bed was so loud and oh, yeah. everything was so fast-paced and frenzied that it started to feel like it was an amusement park ride instead yeah. of a tv show i was like ah, i don't i'm not like i can't drop into this anymore <laughs> um but i've heard that it's got that it got really great yeah so uh, i'll have to go I'm, back i'm Admittedly, not not current on my episodes yeah. after just going into that, but I, <laughs> but but that's what Christmas yeah, break is for. Forever. That's right. It's been around forever, so you're allowed to still say that Doctor Who would be uh, a show you'd want to be a part of or a character. Absolutely. What did you do in your career before before you really became quote famous that <laughs> uh, was just absolutely terrible? Like like what was the one of those horrible jobs that you yeah. have that you had? Well, I've been really lucky. Everything I've done in L.A., I'm, I'm hard-pressed to think of anything that was that I would be categorized as terrible. Like, oh, please don't ever watch that. <laughs> um, I definitely did a pilot in San Francisco that just some, some like, cool guys who, you know, just this. they were sort of bros, so it wasn't like they were tech geeks or anything. They were, like, stockbroker East Coast, like, Boston dudes who were mm. like, let's make a show. You know, let's make a show. Um, and so they, it was like a movie review show. And I, I will say that I, th- I think it might have been a really, really bad. I think I showed it, part of it. I think I did, um, I think, was it Rob Hubel's show? Rob Hubel, I think Rob Hubel has a show where you base, I think it's called The Shit Show or something like that. I don't know. That's, there's something, no, maybe. That sounds right. 
yeah, where you sort of you actually have to put up on the screen something terrible that you've done, and it, it was it was pretty bad. But I will say, this doesn't count as a particularly bad thing. But I will say there was a show that Andy Secunda created, who's a big UCB guy, mm-hmm. um, and uh, Busy Phillips was the star. It was the I first time Busy. I met Biz. Yeah. Uh, called Love Inc. Love Inc., right? Love Inc. It was like a date. She had a brand of dating thing, and my friend Sean Conroy wrote on it. So there was a lot of UCB New Yorkers, and um, and there were and but it was definitely a show where it was one of the I think it was one of the first guest stars I booked, and my character it was it was a real lesson in like oh this is how much uh uh television changes in one week's time after everyone gives notes on stuff so my character started as one thing and at the end ended as like a nine months pregnant woman whose gambling tell was that her baby would kick visibly from her stomach it was so complicated <laughs> whoa and it was just being a part being swept up in it where every morning sure. uh, of of the week of shooting i would get a script and be like what <laughs> um it was so that was definitely like that popped into my head too, as far as like, oh boy, that was bananas. Yeah. Oh, that's <laughs> yeah. That's pretty wild. Yeah, it was crazy. <laughs> well, I, I think we've all done some things that that were 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 a little hesitant to uh, to bring up and in, in conversation. I did a bunch of um, horror comedies with this uh, with this troupe in St. Louis um, with uh, such amazing titles as Dead Shit. And Colonel Kill Motherfuckers. Great. There was one called Cockhammer. Subtle. Not a porn. Very subtle. <laughs> yeah. Very subtle. Um, but, but you know, all of, all of that stuff builds the ladder to success, of there course. You know, and absolutely. It makes lots of uh, amazing memories. Absolutely. Like, uh, like uh, getting a glob of uh, fake cum thrown on me at, sure. some, at one point. <laughs> sure. Listen, you've been there. You've been there. You and Jodie Foster, man. That's right. Side by side. Jodie Foster. Yeah. Oh man, where are we winding down, Cody? Oh man, winding I could down. I could just I could just go on and on forever. I really so very much appreciate you joining me here on the show, of Janet. Of course. Um, you have a ton of things to plug. Tell me about all the things. That oh you have boy. Well, up. I would say the main thing is just the thing that is consuming my life right now, but in a way that I'm very familiar with and I'm fine with is SF Sketchfest, which is a comedy festival I founded uh, 17 years ago. Holy crap! Yeah, with a couple of buddies of mine that I was in a sketch troupe with, and we've stayed together as producing partners. And um, it's coming up uh, January 11th through 29th, and we have like 200 shows and uh, tons and tons of of great shows to see. Like you know, there's TV reunions and panels and improv and music and stand-up and sketch and just film screenings. and There's just tons of stuff. And and so uh, sfsketchfest.com is the website on that. But that's like what I was doing right before I came here. And it is what I will immediately do. As as I'm walking down the hallway, I'll be checking my phone. Yeah, Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. And, and then the JV Club podcast, I guess, which is free anywhere you get your podcast. That's JV Club. JV Club. <laughs> uh, yeah, those are kind of the two two things that are going on right now the most. And of course, Stand Against Evil. Yeah, uh, you, you can, can check watch out on yeah, those, Totally, hundred percent. Yeah. And you're the worst. Uh, which is are the new episodes on Hulu yet? I have or they're no only, idea. Uh, I don't know you, where you got to get go. FX. Oh, maybe FX Now or something like that. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. That's the whole thing. Everything. Guys, is a whole thing. you're the worst. Is a brilliant fucking show it's if you are job. not watching you're the worst what the hell are you doing with your life <laughs> watching Seriously. one of a million you other great have shows. to watch i mean it's it is psychotically enjoyable <laughs> seriously um 
of course, you can uh, follow me across all the things at Devlin Wilder and this show at Friend or Faux Pod. That's F-A-U-X. And guys, announcement as of right before I came to the studio. We are now on Spotify. So if we weren't already in all of your ear holes um, everywhere else where all the other podcasts live, uh, we're now on Spotify, also on the Laughable Comedy app. And just all the places. And now so, we know that you are the one that has to do all of that. So I sure do. to you. We salute <laughs> you. Right. Yeah. Bless your heart. Well, bless you, Janet Varney. Bless you. Thank hey, you. Bless, bless us all. Hey, <laughs> Tiny Tim, God bless That's us right. everyone. Bless Listen. us everyone. And uh, Cody, thank you so much for engineering us. Thanks, uh, Cody. Indeed. All right. That's it. See you That's on the it, next guys. one. There's nothing else. That's it. <laughs> what are you doing? Walk away. Just walk away. Turn your phone off now. <sighs> Thanks, guys. See you on the next Bye. one. Guys, this has been Friend or Foe. No, no one, one knows. knows. Visit JabberjawMedia.com for more shows like this one.